Welcome to the Trumpet Call Podcast. We're mobilizing warriors for the spiritual battle. I'm here this week with John and Jess Snyder again, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, and we're talking about the third mark of being a disciple maker, which is being in biblical community. So last week, John, you had talked to you, John and Jess, you had laid down some awesome foundations, awesome thoughts. So we're going to continue with that and uh, maybe hear a little more specifically from you, Jess, on some of your thoughts on as a mom, as a wife, uh, and just uh, being around a military environment, along with anything else you guys have. So Jess, what would you say has been your journey with community as you've started to come around, as you came around the, the community there at Fort Bragg? What were some things that marked that? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, um, but it was very surface level, my relationship with the Lord. And I don't think that it had to do with my family or the environment. Everywhere I went was great. It just did not hit home for me. And then um, my second date, actually, with John, he brought me out to a Navigator Bible study. And I remember walking in and saying, well, if it doesn't work out with John, there's a lot of good other options here. Um, this is brutal, John. <laughs> this is brutal. Thanks for bringing this up, bro. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. In, in all honesty, I walked in with such a chip on my shoulder because I was like, I grew up in the Christian home. I went to a Christian school. I am set. I know what I'm doing. And I walked into that chapel and was just so humbled. Here were people that loved God with all of their heart and all of their soul. And um, a great friend of mine, Cindy Stroud, sat me and walked me through the pipeline illustration. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I do not know what I am doing at all. But Cindy rallied around me and she met with me every week. In fact, we bought a house, two houses down from them. Obviously, it worked out with John. It was it worked out very well. In fact, um, we bought a house, two, two houses down from them, so we could live close to them. And like we just gleaned from Andrew and Cindy so much, and they just loved us and like totally redefined my personal definition of friendship, of family, of what it looked like to like walk with Jesus. You know, never before did I, you know, people would ask me if I was reading the Bible, but they never asked me, well, what did it, does that mean? How is it changing your life? Mm. And so I think that's why we're so passionate about um, community is because it really has changed our lives. Um, And so we're excited to hopefully change other people's lives too, obviously with the help of Jesus. Yeah, John, I I think what was cool is, is that because we started our dating relationship, making community and real like legit biblical fellowship family as a part of our relationship, as we are married, now that we have kids, it's just this understanding that this is a core critical core component of our lives Mm. that we, we began it right and we'll continue it right together as a couple and as mothers and and fathers, you know, together in this. Because life only gets busier. Like as we go throughout life, it just gets busier and we get older and we get more tired. So I feel like if we can find a body of believers and plug in, it's just, we've developed that habit and Mm -hmm. that is just a big part of our life. And then it's easier to see the value in the, well, something's got to give phase, you know, and we know that, biblical community should not be that because of the importance it has been in our life. Mm-hmm. So you guys wouldn't say 
for you that the need for biblical community ever goes away, even though you're super mature, super spiritual people? John, we are a hot mess. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My friend Paula has says um, has a saying, the older I become, the more sure of how little I know. And I just love that because the older we get, the more important, like all the fundamentals of Christianity come in to play, like the need to read our Bible, the need for prayer, the need for people to get in there and be our cheerleaders or kick us in the pants, you know, like it never goes away. And um, we're just thankful that we still have those people in our lives to do that. Yeah, I think that's true, John. And one of my one of our go to passages, particularly as navigators, is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Right. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as, as the habit of some, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So if we were just to, to kind of take those core elements, right, we want to encourage, we want to spur. So there's both of those things. We're going to challenge people. We're also going to encourage them, but we do that on purpose. We do it after consideration, hmm. but particularly as it applies to this, this question that you're asking, have we arrived yet? The answer is no. In fact, the author of Hebrews says fellowship tomorrow is more important than fellowship today. Hmm. Let's encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching that that fellowship really matters the longer you walk with Jesus. That's a great insight. And I ask the question because sometimes I wonder if the people that are in our ministries kind of look at us and think that we're just doing community to serve them as just as a favor, like we could do without it. But they, they're thinking, oh, they don't need it, but they're doing this for me. But that's not the case. Just something I've seen, I think me and my wife experience this. I've seen a lot of other wives experience this. Just the loneliness that there can be in the military as a military wife. I've never been a military wife, but my wife has been a military <laughs> wife. Actually, she hasn't. But anyway, so um, what, what, what advice would you give to some of these young young moms, young wives joining the military, drug around with their husbands? What do they do to plug in? Yeah. Um, first of all, I would like to say to those mothers, you are in a hard season. Do not ever think that that is not a hard season. You are in a hard season and you are in a very isolating season. So I think that sometimes we're quick to dismiss that, but because it is a hard season, we have to be proactive. So I think that, um, you know, just look for opportunities, you know, look for that other mom at the play group, you know, find groups of people um, that are like-minded, you know, find somebody that you just naturally click with and ask those questions. Hey, do you have, uh, are you part of a church? Is there a play group, you know? or create something yourself. So we serve a very creative God. We can be creative in how we we do things. So one of the things that I did was just opened up a play group at my house and anybody that I came across, we would I would just invite them over and then we would exchange prayer cards, you know, and it was crazy chaos in the midst of little kids like fighting and bickering. And, you know, you're lucky if you get like a five minute conversation in, but you're around people. There is a ministry of presence, you know, and then hopefully out of just like these natural casual meetings, you can find somebody that you can create a more in-depth relationship with. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's sounds so affirming to look at. I mean, 
there seems to be no way around it just being a hard season of life. That's cool to hear you speak to that. Um, I'm glad I'm out of that season. It is a very <laughs> hard season. I'll let you know if I survive the teenage years. But right. It was a very hard season. <laughs> you guys aren't going to adopt some little little kids or, or have a whole bunch of more. Well, you guys probably run out of J names by now. I mean, so. Anyway. There's always one in reserve, always. <laughs> well, good. Well, maybe that will be a future uh, future interview. But um, uh, so what would you guys say are the ingredients of a powerful biblical kingdom community? Yeah, I think that there is a really great passage that speaks about this in Romans 12, and it's verses 9 through 13. Mm. And it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And so like from that passage, we really have come up with like six core things that we think are like really important to biblical community. Okay. And so the first one is, is genuine love. Like there has to be a genuine love, first of all, for Jesus. And then hopefully that's communicating to the people around us. And when I talk about genuine love, it's willingness to encourage, but also willingness to have a hard conversation. So I think somewhere in our, in our um, culture, we have learned that truth is not loving, you Mm. know, so you're so great. You're doing a great job instead of maybe a rebuke or an exhortation. So we really want to love genuinely. Um, The second one is that it has to be founded on truth. So if you are looking for a community that is not in the Bible, studying the word, you know, just really has a heart for the scriptures. That's a red flag. Get out of there. You don't Mm -hmm. want to be a part of that. You have to, you really want to find a community that is grounded in the word of God. It's our instruction book for life. So there's no substitution for that. Um, The third core element we found was intentionality. So we have to live our life on purpose. So I think a lot of times we just go through the motion. I think we've talked a little bit about this and just going through, going to formations, you know, so church on Sunday, check the box, go on. We really want to be intentional, find people that will intentionally invest in us, like know us personally, ask us questions to know us well enough to get in there and live our life on purpose with these people. Um, the third, the fourth one is, um, transparency. So we want to find a group that first of all is going to be open about their life. So we are all hot messes and I don't want to go to a group where I feel like somebody's up on a pedestal, you know, and that they are not real about life. So I feel like if we are real with the struggles and just the realty of our lives, then that really creates an environment for people to be real about their lives. So we are all imperfect people trying to love and walk with Jesus. And so if we can just be open and honest about our struggles, I think then that helps people be open and honest about their struggles as well. The fifth 
element is humility. I have this thing that nobody likes to know it all. Um, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. Let's just, let's just walk life together in <laughs> humility, you know, like, um, but yeah, just being real, like just humility and we're commanded to be humble. And I feel like, especially when that transparency and that humility piece are there, it creates a really natural environment for repentance and forgiveness, which are so crucial in our Christian life. So if we're open and honest with, Hey, you really hurt my feelings or that was really not cool. Then we can build in our relationships with each other. We can, you know, show each other's character flaws and we can grow um, in our own walk with Jesus because of that. And then the last one, this is, you got to have fun together, John. You have to have fun. Oh, speak my language. Uh, yes. Yes. So I feel like that sometimes we can just make it so stoic, you know, but fun really grows relationships and who doesn't like to have fun? Jesus, following Jesus should not be unexciting. Like right. Following Jesus should be one of the best, funnest, most joyful things that we do. So if we're not having fun while we're doing it, there's something wrong because yeah. this should be. And it just de depths, um, deepens relationships with each other too, you know? So, you know, you go skiing and you bust your tail on the ski slopes, you know, with your brother and Christ, sister in Christ. And then you're like laughing about it like 10 years later, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't. So those are just like six of the key like elements that we have found are just critical in biblical community. I think, yeah, those are, and those are so motivating to me, Jess. I mean, I, and I know to you too, John, and, and every time we're around you guys, I think that's one of the things that we've loved about you guys is the, the moment I'm around you, um, you know, John, we were talking a little bit earlier and I felt like talking to you was a little bit like I was coloring with crayons and you were playing 4D chess, but I still <laughs> didn't feel like, I, I mean, it still felt like you were just really just a genuine person, transparent, humble, wanting to have fun at the end of the day. And I think that's what me and Sherry have loved about you guys. It just, you just give off this humble, loving vibe, but that's not that there's no compromise of Jesus Christ in that. And I, we've, we've loved that. And it's just awesome. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, bro. So how does someone get started in this? What, what are the first steps to do? They're not in community. They just found this podcast online because they're just desperate in their room, barracks room somewhere. What do they do to get started? Yeah, great, great <laughs> question, bro. Like, I'd say the first thing you have to do is be proactive. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so this was my prayer when I moved to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um, I was frustrated with life. Um I was moving to an army place where I knew no, no one. I just, I thought, okay, God, I know you're legit. Will you help me find someone who will help me live the Christian life? So the first thing is to be proactive with God. No lie. Uh, I awkwardly told Andrew my prayer. And I said, you're going to think this is really weird. This is what I told Andrew. I said, man, I prayed for someone like you to come into my life and help me walk with the Christian life. And he's like, well, this may seem really weird to you. Because I've been praying that God would help me meet someone like you who wants to walk in the relationship with Jesus. <laughs> the first step in this community, right, is in doing this life on life is be proactive with God. Pray to God for it. Ask him for it. Then then actually just take the next step. Actually begin to actively look for believers where, right where you're at. 
who are on mission and you say, man, I want to be like that and ask to be a part of their family. Ask what, what's going on in your life? How can I, can I join you in that? Um, so that, that's the first thing, but man, I love this passage out of Hebrews and I, I really don't think we can leave this topic without talking about it. Um, and it's, it's, it's really talking about the person of Moses and Moses had this major choice in his life. So let me read this passage and, and I'll, I'll kind of lead you to what I, my point here. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So mm. here you have Moses who could have everything he wanted in life, but he made a choice. He made a choice to be along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So getting started is really all about choice. And, and you, you, you know this because Ron, he, he shared this with us, Ron Kohler, a couple podcasts ago, that you will be as close to Jesus as you choose. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with family. If you want to be involved in biblical community, be involved in biblical family, you have to choose it. You have to say no to certain things in order to say yes to other things. So look for those people, pray for those people, and then when you have opportunity, take them. Say yes. When they invite you out to something, go and make it a priority. I think too, just finding like, so you're moving to a new post, look for people that you see Jesus in, you know, and then ask, Hey, where are you going to church? Hey, what group are you a part of? You know, um, before you leave that post, ask to be networked into a group, you know? So as we have people leaving brag, it's super easy for us to, Hey, I know you're going to this post, look this person up, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you're into a new area, Put your feelers out, you know, moms with kids when you're at that park, you know, strike up a conversation with another mom. You'll know pretty quickly if they love Jesus, Um, you know, and then, hey, you know, where do you go to church and try it out? Not saying you got to stay there, you know, but find a community, put feelers out. There's lots of opportunities. It just might require a little work, but Mm. on your part, but if you value it, it is worth it absolutely mm-hmm. worth it so you just gotta try you just gotta do it man such motivating thoughts i mean it's just it's fun to think about you know just even as you guys are talking reflecting on my own story and thinking about these things and thinking about all these believers that we've met over the years who have done just what you're saying and it's just so motivating to think uh you know i, I don't think i've met any serious follower of jesus who has not been able to find community. I feel like all of them, man, God God himself has just split the Red Sea in half, helped them to find some fellow believers because they've really sought, sought him and sought that, just like you guys are saying. I think it's a high value, you know, that God wants us tied into the body. I, I We weren't created to do this alone. I mean, you see 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the body. He has designed us to be in community, like every part works together. Mm-hmm. So he really, that's a high value, you know, the body. So he's going to take care of you. He kn- he knows your path. He knows where you're going. I think that if we're looking for it, he will provide. Excellent thought. Well, is there any resource that you guys would say beyond the scriptures, beyond actually doing, applying what you guys have suggested, looking up these passages, praying. I love, John, how you take people to be proactive, but the proactive step 
isn't only seeking, it's asking God in faith. It's coming to Jesus Christ and saying, Jesus, would you give me somebody? Would you give me an Andrew Stroud? I love that. Is there any other resource you guys would say, hey, this is great. This is critical. If you're going to be, if you're going to seek biblical community, this is a great tool to have, a great resource for you. Yeah, man, John, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, to upgrade from the Bible. You know? so, so, so there are tools, um, but they pale in comparison to our scriptures, you know, and they pale in comparison to a, a, a spirit-filled believer reading the scriptures. You know, so we've talked about some passages, but I do love a book called The Untold Story of the New Testament. And, and what it does is it just highlights what that family looked like in each of these cities and towns. And you end up marrying that with the New Testament and the scriptures and Paul's letters. But that book, I think, gives us a great glimpse and kind of connects the dots for us and, and kind of a historical timeline form that really helps us kind of just pull out these truths um, from the scriptures. And then um, biblically, to be perfectly honest, there is a great, really quick look Bible study at the book of Acts. And it, you, all you do is you just look at the word ecclesia and you walk right through what did the church do? Where was it out? How did it work? It just gives you a great snapshot view, and we can get that to you and get it in the show notes. Awesome. Well, I will. I would love to get those. I'll put them in the show notes, and uh, that's great. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining me in this podcast and just casting, just bringing, putting skin on these five marks of a disciple maker. Uh, I just, uh, you know, you guys know this, but I just love you guys and so grateful for you. So um, join us next time on the podcast for uh, the next Mark of a Disciple Maker. Thanks so much, John and Jess, for joining us. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.